Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mornings with Marla. I'm here with my really amazing, beautiful, talented friend, Ellie. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've told a story about this on this podcast yet, about how we met, but I feel like the universe was just like, here is your soul friend and you must meet her because we were at the bar in Chicago and um, just drinking before a flight to Thailand. And I happened to like peek over at her ticket and I was like, Hey, we're going to the same place. And she's like, this is my first time I'm solo traveling. Like I'm nervous. I'm like, it's going to be fucking great. I've done this before. Like, and then we ran into each other in the airport um on the way and you were we were like hey we're getting a cab you can come with us and you're like oh, I'm gonna figure this out myself um and then we ran into each other in Bangkok like three times in Bangkok which is huge and then I was just like we have to be friends and here we are what like five years later four years later yeah yeah <laughs> um she's helped me through so many things in my life and I think vice versa but um yeah, we're here to talk about birth control. And I'm really excited to dive in this topic. And Ellie's been like going ham on the Instagram, <laughs> um, just doing these like little, like what I would call Marla rants um, of her own, um, just because we've found so many like correlations and connections between birth control and our like mental health and stuff. So we just wanted to do this for all the women out there and the men out there to kind of get a better grasp on like what what our personal opinion is about this. And I do want to say like, we're not medical professionals. This is just our own personal experience and our own opinions. Um, but I've just, it's been a roller coaster of uh, being a woman and <laughs> working with doctors and stuff. Um, but first I wanted to have Ellie get a chance to introduce herself. I just like have to say this woman is like, just balls to the walls, lean into fear, like let's level up in life. And I feel like since I've known you, it's been like this beautiful process to witness of just like growth and self-awareness and um, and just like you blooming into this amazing artist and just really full force fucking going for it with like all the trust in the world. And it's just so inspiring to me. Um, so if you want to talk a little bit about whatever you want to have or you want to introduce yourself, um, and then we will dive into the topic of combo. <laughs> you said that I'm inspiring. You are so inspirational to me, and all. Oh, <laughs> the universe did want to be friends. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I uh, have been friends with Marla for five years. <laughs> um, and like she said, we met. Uh, I was a solo traveler. Uh, now. I live in Cincinnati and uh, I'm a full-time artist, not by my choosing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it feel good to say that? <laughs> yes, it does. I am a full-time artist, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I would have chosen this for myself. Yes. <laughs> I got laid off in October from a nonprofit uh, that I was working at, um, sort of due to COVID, uh, budget cuts and all of that kind of thing. So I've just been uh, taking this opportunity to really lean in to myself. And uh, if I'm going to be without work, then my my life is my work and my art is my work and growth is my work. So uh, just trying to figure it all out. One, I feel one like that happened to so many people throughout COVID is just like this whole like collapse of what your life is and really ask a lot of questions of like, is this my greatest happiness and my greatest potential? And how do I follow that? Like greatest joy, greatest potential for like all myself and everyone around me. And it's just, it's been a blessing for me. I mean, for me too. And in the beginning, 
I think actually maybe a month or so before I lost my job, I um, was having this conversation with a, a stranger in my own backyard though. I was like a friend of a friend and he was um, just being super negative about the mm-hmm. state of the world. And he had been laid off um, in like March or something of last mm-hmm. year, um, which is really, really loudly complaining about everything. And I, looked at him and I said, so what have you done with this time? You know, he was getting unemployment and like, it sucks that you got your job, but, uh, and again, I was working at the time. So it was a little bit of a place of judgment Mm -hmm. that I had this conversation and uh, it got pretty intense and stuff. But afterwards I left feeling like, okay, cool. Uh, I I feel like I said what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Then I got laid off. (laughs) Like the universe was like, okay, you're going to yell at this guy. Uh when he's done with his time so now you've got to do it now what are you gonna do with your time yeah I mean there's just there's always a choice there's a choice to make the most out of a bad situation or there's a choice to like live in fear and hibernate in a corner you know and it's just like what choice are you gonna make with your own life because you are the conductor of it and you made that choice if you wanted to (laughs) yeah and it's just like it's been so because you've had a couple art shows and like just been building websites and getting yeah. commissions and it's just been <laughs> so cool I'm like damn girl get it <laughs> you gotta make use of their time when they yeah you have time. <laughs> exactly and it's just like a new birth process like a, a death cycle and like a life cycle oh, speaking of life and death cycle <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just wanted to basically what I kind of have realized is every time this is I was on birth control and we can totally dive into like all these little pieces that I'm going to bring up. But women get put on birth control early because of period cramps and regulation and all this stuff. And so I started birth control when I was 14 and I started my period when I was 14. So I almost immediately got on it because I just thought this is what, (laughs) yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Hand me the thing. Like, let's just rock and roll. And I've always struggled with anxiety and depression, but when you're that young, you don't have the self-awareness to really recognize like, oh, I'm mentally unstable. I feel like you're just like, live in your life, you know, and you're pretty you're unstable. Puberty. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> hormonally unstable anyway. Um, and I was on birth control for like eight years, I think. Um, and I tried everything, every single one. And um, I, I don't know if I was on like, I think I was on the Nuva ring for a lot of it, but I also was on the pill for some of it. And then um, when Sam passed away, I got off of it because I was like, oh, I'm never fucking dating again. <laughs> um, and then I was off for, you know, six, four years, maybe four or five years. And I just felt so much more connected with nature and my body. And it just like my intuition really was heightened. And I was like, okay, cool. This is way better. Um, it took me a long time to regulate and be able to be aware of that. And then when I got started dating Matt, my current partner, he was like, asked me the question, what would be worse for you taking birth control and being and feeling a little crazy or having an abortion? Like, what do you think the long-term effects of having an abortion would be on your mental state. And I was like, okay, that's a valid point. Like, let's try it. Um, And that just propelled me down a fucking rabbit hole of depression. And, um, and I'll tell my story about the IUD a little bit later, but I ended up, that was like my last, the last thing. And it really fucked my body up, like really bad with no warnings, no, like, here's the side effects that this could have on you. And it just, 
it, it's just been a roller coaster. So I kind of want to hear your story and we can um, kind of touch base on all the different <laughs> methods and like what, what you're kind of deciding to do. And which I think is you've dove in like fucking head first. You're like, I'm figuring this shit out. I'm not going to be on birth control anymore. What are my options and how safe is this actually? Because it's like, you're told take birth control or you're going to get pregnant and need an abortion. And then abortions frowned on by so many. So it's like, where, like, how do you navigate that? And no one talks about it. No one, no one talks about it. And I think, especially with the IUD, like you said, you know, that's supposed to be the option for people that are struggling with the side effects of birth Mm -hmm. control. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they, they sell it as that, like, Oh, you don't, hormones these are way less hormones and blah 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 blah. yeah there's still a great deal of side effects that go along with it but so my my experience recently why I'm so fired up right now (laughs) (laughs) so I uh I guess I can't remember how old I was when I first started taking birth control. I really have been trying to remember. I need to like ask my mom. Yeah. Um, mom, when did yeah. you put me on birth control? I know it was way, way before, but I asked her. I remember the conversation where I had to, you know, get the courage to like approach that with my mom. Like my yeah. mom's great. My yeah. mom's amazing. But, you know, yeah. as a 14 year old, you're like, I can't mention sex around my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I think, I think originally they, they get you on it for acne and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're first experiencing all of these hormonal changes of, of like of going through puberty in middle school and all of that, of course you're going to be breaking out like crazy. That's just mm-hmm. a part of it. Yeah. But So then I was on the pill, I think through college, um, and I would say that I've always struggled with depression and anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the first time that I ever felt like suicidal in my life was in like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's what I'm really trying to figure out if that was the time that I was put on birth control or not, or if that was just in and of itself. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you're going back down the timeline, trying to correlate everything. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's now that I've been paying attention, there's so many instances where I'm like, that was because I, I was, they changed my pill. That mm-hmm. was be, like, you know, and it all starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, put, and like you did the little survey thing and a lot of women get their birth control changed without being warned about it, which causes migraines. It causes just it, like. Because this- if you're on a generic pill, then any generic yeah. for that pill yeah. is supposed to be equal yeah yeah but it's like it's a totally different compound yeah it's a totally different uh, recipe for the oh <laughs> you know and i i don't know how that can be possible really you know yeah. because they're not exactly the same they just can't yeah. be but um so then i i i was put on an id um I guess it would have been either before, right before I met you or right after I met okay. you. Um, Cause I remember who I was, I was dating that guy uh, at the time, Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he, now I got the ID and I had a lot of issues with it. Um, and <laughs> when, I, so the, during that time, my, my gynecologist retired, but she had taken it out because I was having a lot of issues. Okay. So, so um, didn't know what was causing it. A lot of BV recurrent. Mm-hmm. I was on antibiotics a lot. Um, yeah. But so eventually got the IUD taken out. All of my problems went away, mm-hmm. but I was less conscious of, of things at that point in time, you know? So yeah. I just didn't really think anything of it. I started seeing a new gynecologist mm-hmm. um, and 
I told her about my experience with the IUD because she wanted me to get one. And she literally told me that sometimes your body, she asked, she said, are you still with the partner that you were with at the time? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. And she said, oh yeah, well, sometimes your body knows that you're not supposed to be with someone. Mm -hmm. So it will cause all of these issues, BV and stuff, because your body knows that your pH doesn't match up with that person. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is a load of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I know some, I know some like sperm is different and can affect the pH. Yes. But it's not because your body is rejecting the person. (laughs) It's not because of that. So then I have this IUD. She she convinced me to get an IUD. Mm -hmm. And it it, I just got it out two weeks ago. It was causing again recurrent BV. Mm -hmm. Uh every time that I had sex, I would I would fall over in pain. I would have to can I just I have to sorry BV because I've been throwing that term around a lot. No one knows what it is. (sighs) I want to say bacterial (laughs) vaginosis and it is hell. And so many women get it. And I like talking about this because it normalizes it and no one wants to tell their friends oh yeah my vagina smells really bad right now like no one wants to talk about it and it's just because it's so embarrassing and it has literally caused my sexual drive to decline because I'm so embarrassed by my own body so awful and you can continue to go in on your thing, but like they will prescribe you rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of antibiotics. And they tell you once you get it once, it's a way higher likelihood to get it again. And there was a certain point through this where I was like, I'm not putting more antibiotics in my fucking body. This is not working. So I'll go. Yeah. I'll go into the bar. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna. I'll go into the boric acid situation yeah, no, later. The but. treatment options that they give you are either a uh, like cream that you like a suppository cream that you put up inside of you, yep. and you have to use it. So it's either like seven or fourteen days, and it doesn't feel great. You can't have sex the whole time that you're yeah. being treated, mm-hmm. or you can take a pill, mm-hmm. but then you can't have alcohol for. Not that that's like major, but if you have any alcohol within. I think it's two days. You will just instantly projectile vomit. Mm. Like it's it's something weird about whatever the antibiotic is. So, and it tastes like metal, and it wrecks your stomach. Like I remember the the reason I decided to quit the um, antibiotic regimen because I was on like five different rounds. I I put it in my mouth and I tried to swallow it, and it literally shot back out of my mouth onto the floor. Like it was like in the back of my throat, and my body was just like, no. Nope. No, no, no more of that. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Done with this. This bullshit. Exactly. I can, I can relate to that so much. So that when they took the IUD out uh, of just, I guess it's been like three or four weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, she, the doctor said, okay, but now I'm going to prescribe you the birth control pill. Um, so, and if you take it today, the day that I've taken the IUD out, mm-hmm. you will be protected. Mm-hmm. And if you wait any more than just one day, you have to use protection for a whole month like condoms or any sort of thing. Cause you will not be protected at all. Mm-hmm. So I literally left the doctor's office and went across the street to my mm-hmm. pharmacy and popped the pill right then. Um, I, that I took it for two weeks solid and the, it hardly left my bed. I wasn't responding to any of my friends, text messages. I was being horrible to my partner, uh, like absolutely horrible. I was mm-hmm. screaming at my cats, just like <laughs> nothing, just like screaming. Uh-huh. My cat like knocked a glass off of the counter and I fell on the floor of the kitchen. It was just sobbing. 
And like, and that's when it was, it was one morning, it was, I was sobbing on the kitchen floor and I realized, oh, I haven't taken my birth control today. It was like 10 AM or something. So I go back into my bedroom to get it. And as I reached for the pills, I just felt it in my gut. Mm -hmm. I was like, I do not want to take this today. And then as soon as I consciously made the decision of like, you know what? Just not going to take this today. Don't know why I'm feeling that way. Like just this rush of relief Mm -hmm. fell over me. It was Mm -hmm. just this wave of like reflection on the past two weeks that I took it. Mm -hmm. Of like, holy shit, I have just been a lunatic. Yeah. And it just, again, all started to make sense. Even with the pill, like for me, that is the one that makes me the craziest for sure. Um, But if I miss it by like, three hours or something, I will get my period for the entire rest of the pack. So I will have my period for weeks. If I miss it by like an hour or two. What? Yeah. So I was just like, when I was on it, I was just bleeding constantly, you know, and I, there was no cycle there. And it's also, if you don't take the pill at the same exact time, every single day, it's not as effective. It's like, I think it becomes like 80% effective or something like that. Not the 90, whatever percent they tell you. So it's like, you're getting fed this information from doctors and not all of them, but like it, it just is, is to me, like not being on birth control and bringing more awareness to your cycle and your body and really tuning into that is just as effective as being a lazy person on birth control or, you know, even equal to if you, if you're dedicated to taking the time to figure the shit out for yourself, you can have, what did you say on your Instagram thing? Like 90. Yeah. So the, the natural cycles app that I've been using now, um, of just just diving into it, but the, it is FDA approved. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the first like non-hormonal app, obviously mm-hmm. uh, not hormonal, but um, to be approved by the FDA and with perfect use. So that means every time that it says not to have sex without protection, mm-hmm. you don't, um, with perfect use, it's 98% effective. Wow. With typical use, which is occasionally mm-hmm. having sex, unprotected on days that it says not to it's 93 93 so like that is the same Mm -hmm. as the pill that is the same rates as the pill yeah obviously there's a learning curve Mm -hmm. that is the only thing to take into consideration like you have to figure out how to keep track of your temperature you have to make sure that you use the app you have to get in that routine Mm -hmm. where it's a little bit easier of a routine to just pop a pill every morning yeah Um, and i i think um it's important to note that a lot, a lot of women that have been messaging me um, since I've been talking about this on Instagram, I've, I would say that I've had over 50 women wow. send me at least a paragraph. Like that's not including all of the women that have been like, oh my God, me too. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. 50 stories of women saying this, but some women have issues like um, pelvic inflammatory disease and mm-hmm. some of the things like that at least they've been told that they have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have to be on the pill mm-hmm. to regulate that, mm-hmm. which is mind blowing to me that the only like the catch all mm-hmm. solution for any sort of women's issues is, well, we'll just put you on the yeah. pill. And you know what the reason <laughs> behind that, it's like the reasoning to me behind that is just like, there's been so much woman suppression until, you know, recently where we're just like, hello, you know, we're the fucking creators of the world. Like, why are we so suppressed right now? So doctors haven't been studying vaginas or like pussies as much as they study other things because they're such complex 
pieces of our body. And even like the doctors that I go to for like my BV are like, yeah, we just really don't know a lot about this. Like my, my gynecologist was like, we just really don't know. I'm like, cool. Thanks. The only thing that has helped me, well, as you know, but is talking to other women to hear what they do and what solutions yeah. have worked for them. Yeah. And there have been times where I've tried things that I've read on the internet that have worked and have helped mm-hmm. more than these antibiotics. Or like, you know, you try something in a different way yeah. and it, it helps. And then you go to your doctor and you're like, hey, I'm doing this. And they're like, oh no, you yeah. need to stop right now because... I don't get any money for prescribing that. Yeah. And I, and I understand like to bring up, I understand some women need to be on birth control. I get it. Yeah, like, right. I get it when it's, it's a necessary thing. It's like when you are in like a really suicidal depression, I think anti-anxiety meds are a great temporary bandaid, like yeah. stuff like that. But it's like, Sometimes you need a helping hand. Yeah, it's Sometimes exactly. And and so I'm not trying to bash all birth control. And I really do think like when you're 14 years old and careless and, whatever, like it's a great thing to put your kid on when they're sexually active, you know, until they can become, bring their awareness to their body and, and or, or teach, teach them. I was going to say, yeah. if instead of sex ed, I went to a public middle school mm-hmm. where they, where we had sex ed uh, and they divided the girls and boys into different classrooms. I think it was like a week long or something. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the teacher guy, guy comes into the girls room to teach and he's wearing a shirt that says sex symbols and it's two wedding rings intertwined and like I was in the seventh grade and I already knew that that was not how we needed to learn this yeah yeah this is not off to a good start Mm -hmm. so if if they use that time in the seventh grade to spend a week teaching the women how to feel their uterus mm-hmm. and how to track their cycle and yeah. even about periods. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too, is like, I think when you're first starting out your period, it is painful because your body's having a new experience. And for me, like that pain was the reason I went on birth control. But now that I'm off of it, I literally, my period is so light. It lasts three and a half days. I barely get cramping maybe the first day, every other time. And because my body is like regulating itself and like learning what's going to happen and how it's coming and I can mentally prepare for it. And I know how to self care through it. And like, and, and like the more you are aware of your cycle, like I literally ended my bleed yesterday on the last day of winter, which was epic for me. Cause during your bleed is your like winter period. Um, and I know that the week before I'm going to be batshit crazy. And I know the week of I'm going to be exhausted. And I know when my hormones are going to start to level up and peak and I can cultivate my business around that. I can just be like, I'm ovulating. My hormones are on fucking fire right now. I'm going to do all of the work and I'm going to have the energy and stamina for it. And when I know when my bleed is coming, when I have it tracked really well, I know that week is like, don't plan anything excessive. Or like you might feel emotionally, yeah, like you might feel really tender this week. So like, just be gentle with yourself and be aware that like my feelings of like body hatred or that I'm eating too much or like whatever, I have a reasoning that I know why this is happening to me. So it helps with communicating things to other people too. If you have 
a good partner, you know, and then you can, then your partner starts to know your cycle as well. Yeah. I mean, Matt knows mine better than I do sometimes. It's (laughs) insane. Um, Just about my mood. To go back to like the sex ed, it's like we teach kids sex is bad. We teach them how to put a condom on a banana. Um, We (gasps) teach them like what birth controls there are and like you can choose whatever one. Um, And we don't teach about like hormones and masturbation and like you I didn't even know what BV was until I had it yes as you just said that no one knows what that is yeah women that I talked to my mom didn't know what that was yeah had it you know it's it's you're not taught and I don't know if I would have processed and registered things at that age like, like I can now, but still it would have been nice to have like the, yeah, you're going to be horny as fuck, you know? And like, you're going to want to masturbate and like, that's totally normal and that's totally okay. And, and not like, I'm watching freaking Ginny and Georgia on Netflix right now, which is a really funny show. It's about like, kind of like teeny bopper, but also a mom. Um, and she is like talking about masturbating to this guy and he goes, have you ever done it before? And she goes, no gross and I was like that is a fucking problem that's such a problem like to think your own body feels and emotions are gross like let's not teach it's dirty like everyone's taught not everyone but like a lot of people are taught especially sex is dirty it's like masturbation is even worse yeah you better not make yourself feel good yeah that would just be ridiculous so (laughs) it's just I I have this whole conspiracy theory that I know we've talked about before but I really think that (laughs) there's this way in which it continues women's suppression to be on birth control and why are they not studying this for males why is it the women that have to do this you know what I mean and like and then guys don't want to wear condoms it's like okay so let's get better condom technology yeah um, has that not been improved either yeah it's like, it's like we're at a stalemate with all of our options and mm-hmm. like I I actually it's really interesting I just saw my fr- um my friend uh uh Sean if he's listening he's amazing he sent me an ad for um a birth control that he saw on uh like Hulu or something like mm-hmm. that which let me just interrupt and say that we are the only country in the mm-hmm. world yeah. that allows advertising for pharmaceuticals yes yeah. <laughs> so that in and of itself just is a huge issue yeah. but yeah. he sent this to me um and it was it's a new ring that you keep for a year mm-hmm. uh you wear it sort of like the Nuva ring, but it's not disposable or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he sent it to me because the whole commercial is, is women. It's, it's to appeal to women like us mm-hmm. and saying like, there aren't enough options out there. You know, uh-huh. we have all these side effects. We're mm-hmm. standing up for ourselves and we're going to do this hormonal birth mm-hmm. control instead. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they are catching on that we are thinking about these we're things. They're their marketing strategy. Yeah. yeah. But it's I mean, still the same product. There's still. <laughs> I mean, I so I was on the Nuva Ring, and the guy. This was in high school, and it would like, <laughs> it would like fly out during sex. I mean, you could take it out during sex, but like sometimes it would just like fly out, and it was kind of fucking weird. So then I was like, all right, I'm gonna try the shot. And so this is what happened: is start the shot. Every time I had sex, I would grab, cut my hands. I could feel a cramp coming and blood would pour out. Like I would catch all the blood pouring out of my body every time I had sex. Oh my I went to my doctor. You know what she said? Uh, it'll even out. You have to be on this for <laughs> a year. So I did it for a year. Oh my. Trying to let it even out and feel better. Oh. 
And then the IUD, like not only is it super fucking painful to get in, like I, my blood pressure dropped. They had to keep me for observation longer. I've heard this from another friend too. It was so painful. And you think you're putting this little thing up in your cervix, which nothing belongs up there. It's of it, course your body's going to try and reject supposed it. to have something go that direction. Yeah. Like the hole is closed, you know, in a like layered way or that, that it is supposed to like, you know, they release mm-hmm. when a baby comes out mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. opposite way. Yeah. But then when you're putting the IUD, it's going up against that. There's nowhere for the folds to go. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. They're, and they're like, yeah, you might have severe pain. You might get sharp pains, blah, blah, blah. So I'm so, natural pain that a woman can experience is what is what I've read online, all of this stuff, because you can't, you break your arm, you can hand, you know, like that's something that your body is prepared to fix, mm-hmm. but your body's not prepared to ever have something go the reverse way. To your and it, it makes I had stomach to think about it now the fact that I made that decision about my body like I knew it wasn't correct and I didn't do enough research around it and you know they don't tell you there's they literally had a huge lawsuit around Moderna in 2013 I got my IUD in 2019 I didn't I wasn't informed of that at all and then I go to the doctor and I get BV and they're like oh there's no correlation between the IUD and BV Every fucking woman I've talked to has only gotten BV because they got the IUD. The the only thing that it says side effect wise for the IUD is that may cause increased risk of infections. It says nothing more than that. I don't know if that means a sinus infection. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. go into detail. <laughs> it, it just says increased risk of infections. And if you've never had or heard of bacterial vaginosis, then you're just like, oh, what the hell does that even, and you just don't even think about it. It sucks, dude, because I literally, I, now I have to do boric acid, like as a preventative, because even now that I got my IUD out, I swear that like, I keep going to my gynecologist and like, something's wrong. Something is wrong. Something's wrong. And she keeps testing me and testing me. And she's like, well, you have two of the three symptoms. So the next option here is to go on a six month round of antibiotics to try and kill it. But I don't want to do that to you because you like the more holistic stuff. And I'm like, there's some, is there a piece stuck in there? Like there, maybe I'm not healing, but yeah. I, if I take a bath, I get bacterial vaginosis. If I have sex, I get bacterial vaginosis. If I get my period. I get it after I have my bleed. Like, so now I'm using boric acid multiple times a month as a preventative and it works really well. Um, because basically what boric acid is, is your pH level is too basey when you have BV and it adds, um, more of an acid to your pH level to help you balance out. But it's just, and I know when I'm getting BV, cause I can feel this like weird feeling in my uterus and my bladder. It's like almost like uh, like it's a, kind of stale it's, like just to me it just feels like like a staleness and it's dry and it's yeah. like you just know that something is wrong yeah but with my experience with the the boric acid I found that online as a mm-hmm. suggestion and mm-hmm. the 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 what boric acid is sold as usually commercially is cockroach killer and so <laughs> It sounds absolutely yeah. terrifying yeah. to put that inside of you. But and I think I, it's a cleaning supply too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like, it's super, super fatal if you eat it mm-hmm. and it, or if your pet eats it or if a child eats it or anything. Mm-hmm. So that is why they don't 
the doctors don't, I guess, prescribe it. Yeah. But when I told my gynecologist that I was using boric acid and it was the only thing that was causing my eight months of BV coming back, yeah. she told me that I needed to stop using it. She said, uh, I mean, I've heard that from some people that that works, but like, you know that it's cockroach killer, right? And I was like, yep, but it's the only thing yeah. that has worked for me. And so that is what led to my initial initial distrust of, of my specific mm-hmm. doctor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's also the one that said that, that that my BV was caused because my body was rejecting my partner rather than my IUD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when when I went back for the, another little tidbit of this story is that so I went back. Um, I had I went to the gynecologist three times in the past like month and a half, two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, my annual Pap smear. Mm-hmm. But then the second appointment was to get the IUD taken out. Um, which I received so much resistance to. Yeah, my doctor yeah. did not want me to take What that are out. you doing after this? Like, are you are you on birth control? I'm like, no. Are you prepared to have a baby? No, but I don't need to be on fucking birth control to not have a baby. Like, that's- <laughs> but so she so the then the third so in between the first two appointments they said that my pap smear came back abnormal, um, and so they scheduled me for the third appointment. Um, and when I was getting my IUD taken out, I said, what is the, what's up with that? Like, what am I going to do at this next appointment, the follow-up for my abnormal pap? And the doctor said, oh yeah, they're just going to like talk to you about your options. Um, like moving forward, you know, only 18% of people that have an abnormal pap have to do more than that. You know, the treatment options we'll discuss, come back. So when I got back to the doctor the, the th- for the third appointment, they led me into a different kind of room that was a procedure room. Um, and I can't remember how you pronounce the the word of what they wanted me to do, like a colposcopy. So it included some biopsies and stuff. But yeah. so they wanted to do they wanted to do four scrapes uh-huh. of the inside of me without any warning. And so in between the the um, I guess medical assistant explaining all of this to me and the time that the doctor was going to come in I was googling what what they had told me and all of this stuff and all of these women online were saying I had to call off work the next day um, because my cramps were so bad um, or you know I'm so glad that I took six Tylenol before my appointment because that was some of the worst pain I've ever felt so when the doctor came in I I told her that I was going to leave. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> I mean, and, and I was like, I'm not mentally prepared for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kept describing the little pinch. It's just going to be a little pinch. Okay. I need a couple of days to mentally prepare for you to pinch the inside of my uterus. Mm-hmm. Like that is not a normal feeling. Yeah. I can't just show up. I got things to do today, you know? And so the doctor was like, I understand all of this stuff. She was like, but I mean, you are already here. He's trying to convince me into doing it anyway, dude. Did you end up doing it later or no? No. Uh, what'd you say? Did you end up doing it later? So that was just uh, a week ago. Okay. Um, so I said, I, I told her, um, you know, I've been through a lot uh, that I've had, I've haven't had sex without pain in like eight months until this week, because my IUD is finally gone. I'm finally off. You gave me these pills that made me more suicidal than I've Mm -hmm. ever felt in my entire life. So, right. And you told me the BV (laughs) it doesn't work with the boric acid. I was like, I just don't really trust anything that you're saying right now. Mm -hmm. So like, 
I, I want my vagina to be left alone yeah. other than my boyfriend. That's what I said. I did say all of this. <laughs> uh, and, and she honestly was, was good at the end. She was like, okay. you know, I understand listening to your body and I understand she's not my normal doctor. Uh, okay. So it was a little bit different. Um, but so, and she, she said, I understand listening to your body and it's not an emergency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can give you another pap in six months and mm-hmm. see what it is. And I told her that, you know, maybe the abnormal pap was because I've had BV nonstop yeah. for yeah. all the time. So she was really understanding. And so I'm, I'm going to wait six months. Like, I think yeah. obviously there's, there's good in the medical world. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have cervical cancer and yeah. not know about it, yeah. but there's also, it's not an emergency, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I, so I was getting abnormal paps from the time I started getting paps because I think they start you when you start your period. Yeah. So I went for four years to the same doctor. Um, Every time was abnormal. She's like, you're just young. That's totally normal. And then when I went, we went on a roommate plant parenthood pap trip, you know, in college (laughs) and like, oh yeah, let's all go together. And of course I get the fucking phone call of like, oh, you're abnormal. You need to come back in. And I ended up having stage three HPV, which stage four is cancer, is cervical cancer. Um, and usually HPV, because it's a virus, your body handles it. That's but mine positive is. for that as well. So um, I ended up having to go to a male doctor by myself. My mom was going to fly out for this because she knows the whole, she's had a lot of issues with her, you know, cervix and uterus and stuff like that. She had to get a hysterectomy, which is a whole different story. But um but so I went and it's a male doctor. So A, they're they're a little more rough, I would say. They don't understand. They're not gentle. And he fucking... How can they? He did my biopsy. No warning. It was going to be super painful. Left my skin sample, my cervix sample on the counter in a Petri dish, told me to get dressed. I got up. I had to run to the bathroom and throw up. I almost passed out. I was like trying to pay as I left. And I was like, I need to use your restroom right now. Like I, it was so bad so scarred from that. And then they have to go in and like put, I don't know what it is, like this freezing solution on your cervix. And then they tell you to wear like a pad for a while because it's like turned into an ice crystal and it'll slowly start to melt and like burned all the stuff off that they needed to. But like, A, when you're having an abnormal pap, you don't just after seeing this consecutively for years, tell someone nothing's wrong. And B, like, you don't know what you're in for, for a biopsy and like no one it's not gentle and cared for and maybe it's just because they do these procedures constantly all the time but like where is the conversation around this and people don't feel safe conversing about these things or like their problems or their STDs or whatever like it's just sad because you feel so alone in the world and you don't want to talk to anyone about it because it's fucking embarrassing and like it who decided that this was embarrassing. Yeah. Like who, who made the call of like, because, because a long time ago in society, like even in the United States, you know, like little house on the prairie days, for mm-hmm. example, I've, I've read all of this stuff about this. Like there were, that you lived in a one room house with your family. Mm-hmm. So like if the parents were trying to conceive they were just having sex in the house, you know, you like, not like in front of the kids, I yeah, guess, yeah, but like yeah. it, it had to have been a lot more openly 
sexual. That couldn't have been as awkward or taboo. Even before that time, like back in when, you know, people were more in tribal mode, it's like partners were shared and it wasn't seen as male, female, like the women were cared for sexually and not by other females. And they had a male partner that they wanted to conceive with, but, but sexuality was so much more fluid. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, you know, women have to cover up their bodies and can't show their nipples, even though guys have nipples too. And like, it's just progressed into this, like, oh, you hide yourself and hide your body and hide your fucking problems because they're not mine. And I'm just going to put my penis inside of you to put a baby in you. You know what I mean? It's like, and then leave. (laughs) Yeah. And then leave. Or it's like, where is the knowledge for males? I I was talking to a friend um, this summer on a boat. And I was like, yeah, I remember getting fingered for the first time. Like you, they just stuck their finger up there and like made it go like, and I was like, is this supposed to feel good? And he's like, well, that's what we talk about as guys. It's like, that's where your G spot is, right? You just stick it up there and you kind of move your finger back and forth and you can find the G spot. And I'm like, oh my word, like why and like so males aren't even taught how to pleasure a female and then females are too embarrassed to fucking talk about it with their partner because it's so taboo that like women aren't having orgasms in their whole life in their whole life in their whole life and and because they aren't even taught how to do it themselves no. they're even taught what a clitoris is yeah. they don't even know <laughs> it's awesome i've had a guy during sex because like, i love getting my clit rubbed you know and I, he asked me not to do it he said, don't do that. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> what What was his reasoning for that? I have no idea. Probably he wanted to make me come without, like, my own stimulation at the same time, which worked. But, like, let's just do all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me what I am not allowed to do. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just I think the female anatomy and just, like, female discussion in general isn't open enough about these kinds of things. And that a hundred percent until the partner that I, my current partner, I have never felt comfortable with sex. Like, like not even that uh, an issue with myself. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like not being able to explain what mm-hmm. I, I want or need, but then also just like not even being sure, you know, yeah. like it takes a certain level of comfort yep. to be able to express yourself in that way. But guys do not have that equivalent. A guy has never thought, well, okay, you can't say any, but like for the most part, I would say that guys aren't thinking about like, oh God, like, I hope this feels good for her. Yeah. Like in the amount of times that I've wondered, you know, I should be worrying about my pleasure, Mm -hmm. not whether or not I'm making them feel good, which is important, Mm -hmm. but I think that that that's the biggest thing for me recently has been just owning my own pleasure in all things, really not only just sex, but Mm -hmm. like you, if you're having sex, it's not only for the other person. Yeah, no, it's gotta be a two or three. And and that's how all relationships are. And that's why I think it's really cool that you and your partner can talk about these alternative options of birth control. And like you just said, you got this ring that you put on your finger and I asked like how much it was and you're like $300, but he split it with me, which is awesome because it's like, his idea you know, it's not, it doesn't all have to fall on the woman, especially if you're in a committed partnership like a long-term one it shouldn't be like oh that's your problem like you figure that out nick does not want a child i do not want a child Mm -hmm. so it is our birth control it is not my birth 
Yeah. I that, so just uh, to explain the ring a little bit, I guess. So um, it goes in conjunction with the apps that to t- track your temperature. So um, the idea is that you wear it, I think, 24 um, 7. I just got my sizing kit today, mm-hmm. but it takes your temperature. It also tracks your sleeping, your heart rate, all of these things. It's, it's marketed as a health product right now, mm-hmm. uh, but they're trying to get it to be FDA approved to work with the um, Natural Cycles app. Mm-hmm. But um, I, it, it is $300 for the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, they actually send you a sizing kit to get the perfect size and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we figured, you know, $150 each. Mm-hmm. So that I don't have to, the first, the first morning of me taking my temperature orally, uh, is it's a really hilarious story. You know, his, his alarm, he, Nick has to wake up earlier than me, way earlier than me since uh-huh. I'm unemployed, uh, <laughs> for work. And so I, we usually wake up in the morning together and like have a conversation or something. And then I'll like go back to sleep for an hour or so. But so he wakes up and with basal temperature, you have to take it as soon as you wake up. You Even if you can't yeah. do anything, you have to wake it as soon as you do. Mm-hmm. So he snoozes and I was like shit I gotta do this so I, I'm fumbling with the thing the the box that the thermometer is in and I'm, I finally get it in my mouth and he's like what are you doing and I'm like, <laughs> like what I'm like mm-hmm. he's got his eyes closed he's not looking at me I don't want to fuck up the thermometer uh-huh. and finally it like starts beeping it beeps 10 times when it's finished taking your temperature yeah. and so finally I'm like I'm taking my temperature and he's like oh my god yeah it was just, he I, had forgotten that I was starting it that day it's I don't think those are that accurate too because like even I went to the um, dentist recently and they did like the forehead one um, and it was like 99.7, but it's because I had a beanie on and I had been sitting in the sun. So it's like, or that the oral one, I got like a cheapo thermometer. So I could have spent a little more on it, but it was like reading me at like 94. And I'm like, this is not right. The the thermometer that I have is an oral one and it, they, it came with the app. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. So like I, I got it on, I think Amazon and it was, it's, it was $50 for six months of the app, but then also the thermometer. So they sent me the whole kit or whatever oh, to like, nice. code, sign up for the app, all of that. Yeah. So the thing with tracking basal temperature is that there's not that much fluctuation in your average body temperature. You're, mm-hmm. So you're not looking for, it's, it's hard to tell with, you can't do it with a forehead. Yeah. Thermometer is what I'm saying, I guess you have to get down to the percentage point. or yeah. point yeah yeah you know what I'm trying to say. yeah <laughs> so it has to be really specific because it might only be a tenth of a degree or whatever yeah, that yeah. change and and like for me it's like I started I have that five-year journal that you have and so yeah. uh, I started just doing that's where I track now because it's just like little spaces and I'll add a little excerpt about like my day or whatever but like I'll be like day one post bleed day two post bleed so I can keep track so I know my ovulation is day eight and so around that time I I'm going to be more fertile. And then there's, there's also like, you can kind of figure out how your hormone levels are going to be. And I know this isn't hundred percent effective, but nothing is. So like, I know people, nothing yeah, it's, I know, unless people, you're virgin. Mary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, virgin, there you go. Um, but I know people who have gotten pregnant off tracking, but like, there's also people who have gotten pregnant on birth control and the IUDs. So, like it's always, a you know, if you, if you are on the birth control pill, something else that they don't say is that if you take antibiotics, yeah, 
it makes birth, birth control way less effective. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that on some antibiotics or mm-hmm. I've been told that by some doctors, mm-hmm. but definitely I've had to remind myself of that mm-hmm. when taking yeah. antibiotics and also with the birth. Yeah. And I feel like when you start to really know your cycle and be able to become aware of it, like um, Jacqueline, she's not on this podcast. She, she's like so much more, she's so much more knowledgeable about all this than I am, but she can feel where her uterus is within her, you know, and she can tell when she's ovulating or when she'd be most fertile by the feel of the shift in her pussy, you know? So it's like, (laughs) we have, we have the ability to do this on our own Mm -hmm. without any sort of technology, without any sort of apps, without any sort of pills, hormones, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, or else women would have had a thousand kids <laughs> since yeah. the beginning of time. Like they, they weren't always, the, the birth control has only been around since like the sixties or seventies, you know? So what were they doing before that? You care of Catholic families being huge because they didn't use contraception, but like contraception has not always been around. And it's not like, you know, it's not like you can get sneezed on and you're pregnant. Right. You like, have a small window. Each some month. women are super, super fertile, but a lot of people, it takes years to get pregnant and it takes years to, with working with doctors and hormones and stuff to get pregnant. So it's like, I mean, <laughs> there's a risk within everything, but. Right. It's but. just. I don't know. Yeah. I think that they, like you just said with Jacqueline, like that getting more in tune with your body and being Mm -hmm. able to read your uterus Mm -hmm. is the most natural thing that you can possibly do. And I think that society wants us to forget that we are natural beings and that we are animals. Yeah. I I think um, we can breed dogs, you know, like we breed dogs all the time. Mm -hmm. If we can do that, then we can selectively breed ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, I just feel like, and we've talked about this before too, but on birth control, I I can't find this chart. I asked Jacqueline for it, but she can't find it either, but it showed a line of like what your hormone levels are on birth control versus what they are off of it. And it, completely takes away your natural cycle, your natural hormone cycle as a woman. So I feel less intuitive. I feel less connected to mother earth. I feel, and the reason behind, I was just talking to this lady yesterday, which like gave me goosebumps when she told this, but told me this, but she said, depression is a homesickness. We're homesick from our mother, our earth, because we don't get out in nature enough. And it makes me think about like skylights, which I love, like, you know, those like reflect, you know, the the cosmos on the ceiling, super cool, but like, don't take that and not go look at the stars. Stars. (laughs) So to me, when she said depression is a homesickness because you're not connected to nature and I'm like, oh, well that correlates with depression consistently being a thing on birth control for a lot of women because they're taking away their natural rhythm, their natural cycle, and they're removing themselves from nature. And so that is that disconnect and homesickness. Without a doubt. And it's, it, it was so, the reason that I am so fired up about this is because uh, I, I transitioned so quickly, I think mm-hmm. from, I went IUD two weeks on the pill, nothing. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't super conditioned to the pill, mm-hmm. I think that's why I was, uh, it had been a couple of years since I had been on it. Mm-hmm. So the, the changes were so, so, so drastic. Yeah. But 
you know, when I started taking it, but equally when I stopped taking it. Mm-hmm. So when I stopped taking the pill, not only was I not on the pill, mm-hmm. it was my first time experiencing my body without the IUD also, mm-hmm. because I jumped right from the IUD literally yeah. within 10 minutes, you know, of me going across the street. Yeah. I felt like, I, I feel like all of my senses are, are completely changed and restored mm-hmm. I, what are you saying about the um, birth control takes away your pheromone smell? So, so there's a lot of things to do with, with the smell. So Nick and I have been talking about that I almost every night that he's known me, I in the morning am just sweaty, just mm-hmm. like super, super sweaty. does not matter the temperature of the inside. Okay. That has not happened since I've been off of hormones. Every morning I would wake up and I would smell myself. So just be oh horrible, mm-hmm. horrible every morning. And I would, and I would say that mm-hmm. I smell so bad. And Nick would say, no, you don't. And he was not being nice. Like he was not just trying to make me feel better about this because, you know, he's told me when I've smelled bad before. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was impacting the way that I smelled myself mm-hmm. and I was so put off, yeah. but you know, and everything that I would do, I would say like, I would take a shower. And sometimes I would get out of the shower and immediately be like, I still smell. Mm-hmm. That has not happened at all. At all. Yeah. It, it's just, I feel like I, I keep explaining that. I feel like I'm in my body for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I keep noticing, like I'll, I'll shrug my shoulders and I'll be like, oh, I like my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, like I like my body now it's it's made me really like like my body yeah. and I've been so against it I feel like a lot of my body dysmorphia has mm-hmm. gone away mm-hmm. like I look in the mirror and I'm pleased mm-hmm. and nothing has changed I've yeah. been about the same for you know and, and it'll be interesting to watch you and your tracking because for me a, it took me when I got off birth control after being on it for 10 years, it took probably six months for my cycle to regulate. I was taking pregnancy tests all the time. Cause I was like, I skipped, I'm not, I should have my period by now. It's been a couple of months. And I was also going through a death process and like grieving process, but to be on such a regular cycle where I can look up at the moon and be like, Oh, okay. I'm going to start bleeding, you know, in the next week. Um, and to, to notice, I, this is crazy to me. So when I'm ovulating, that's when your pheromones are the strongest and men are most attracted to you because you're the most fertile. Um, so you will walk down the street and like the place I work is an apartment complex. I will have every single person in the elevator talk with me. I'll have every single person in the hallway talk with me. I'll have the mailman talk with me. I'll have people talking to me outside when I'm walking down the street and I'm like, yeah, fucking ovulating right now. And then when I'm not ovulating when I'm like the week before my period and my hormones are starting to dip and lower. Granted, my, um, my energy is very different, but my body dysmorphia is worse. People don't want to talk to me as much. I'm just low. And like to be aware of that and aware that's coming. It's like, I took a womb workshop for manifestation and your ovulation is the best time to go to interviews, do photo shoots, like just that get is so- out there because it's just people are attracted to you when you're ovulating. Why they do not want us to have our normal natural cycles. Because that eliminates it pretty much. It gives us too much power because men know how to resist the ovulating women. So if we're not ovulating, then we're trash. Yeah. Then they're allowed to treat us. And that is my conspiracy theory. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. It's just... they the only time that they let you it's it's they they put you on that and then you are trash mm-hmm. to the the senses mm-hmm. in that way. There was a study that 
like monkeys of some sort when they were when the women the female monkeys they put them on birth control and none of the men would pay attention to them at all they they would reject them they would not even go near them yeah and it's like okay well we are them <laughs> we i saw another one of your comments too on your instagram about this one this girl who was like yeah or something about a lot of divorces happen when the woman gets off birth control because they want to get pregnant. And it's because they're in a relationship on birth control the whole time, which is not your normal hormonal balance or pheromone smells or whatever. And it just shifts everything. At that, when I, those two weeks that I was on birth control, I, I've talked to somebody else about this too. Uh, like I would roll over and I would, I would look at Nick and I'd be like, what am I doing? Like, I don't like him at all. What am I doing? Why am I with him? I need to get out of here. I need to run away. That's always my depressive state. I go to run away. Uh, but like, th- that is not how I feel about him at yeah. all. Like I am, I'm very attracted yeah. to, to him and, uh, you know, love him very much. Mm-hmm. And so it's insane that the reverse is also true. Mm-hmm. If you are in a happy, healthy, amazing relationship and your hormones change due to that, you could if I had stayed on birth control and not realized, I think a thousand percent I would have ended the relationship. Yeah. And as soon as I stopped taking it, it was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I love him even more than I did when I was on the IUD. Like yeah. really, you know, it that even with the IUD, I think that it made me just constantly think that there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily with me, mm-hmm. but just in every yeah. aspect of life. Like something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And it was that I had a foreign body in my uterus. Yeah. But like just trying to figure it out in every area. And since being hormone free, I can I I do not feel like there are any issues mm-hmm. in my life right now. Yeah. Like it, it just feels like a whole I'm a whole person. <laughs> I'm interested where you are in your cycle because I feel like that feeling is more of like the ovulation time and you'll learn that, you know, and like, but the thing is, like we just said, it's a natural cycle. You're one with nature. You're cycling with the moon. Like your cycle is 28 days, like for yeah. the average, yeah. you know, and that's the same as the moon. What, what kind of, that's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you said, and I noticed that. I, I can't remember when I noticed it, but maybe, maybe when I was in college or something, I remember I would always start my period on the full moon, always just like two T. And it was, I hadn't even, I was not into spirituality at all. I was not into the moon at all. It was just a coincidence at the time to me of like, how interesting is that? That I'm, I start my period every time that the moon is full. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think it's when I, it's before I got on my second IUD. Oh, you had two IUDs. Yeah. So, yeah. So I had the first one taken out by the the gynecologist that retired. Uh My new gynecologist, that's why she convinced me to get the second one because she said I was only having the issues for the first one because of the partner that I, Oh my God, all of my issues on my partner. And so I just believed her. That was three years. Imagine doing that again. I can't I don't, imagine going through I that process it again. It had been such a gap in between that I had forgotten how bad it was. And I I don't know. I just, I trusted medicine so much at that point in time that I didn't. And I, and I knew that the pills made me suicidal. I knew that they did. I think it's like, you just don't want it to be true, kind of. I think it's, I think it's a sort of like a, yeah, you don't want it to be true. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, like previously I had heard a lot of people that are very spiritual, mm-hmm. um, say to me, 
in my like previous life, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of years ago, that the veil is very thin with you. A lot of people would say that, and I didn't quite know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like that I've broken through mm-hmm. that kind of veil. And I think that people that are in that sphere of like, the veil is thin with them also, those are the people that are experiencing the most side effects of birth control because they are the ones that are already a little bit more in tune with their body or a little bit more in tune with their spiritual side or a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. Because if you trust blindly the doctors, then you think it's a you problem. Mm -hmm. You think it's just like, oh yeah, you know, those pills make me a little bit suicidal, but like Mm -hmm. you tell your doctor and they're like, no, and then you're like, oh, well, I guess that's just And the crazy thing is, so birth control is free most of the time. You know, they're trying to defund Planned Parenthood. They want to remove abortions, defund Planned Parenthood. That's really a great idea. Um, But um, it's like for me, so they put this IUD in for free. Like, yeah, like we do this for free, blah, blah, blah. I tell them this is causing me pain. I'm getting reoccurring infections. It hurts. Like, can you take it out? Health insurance? No. I'm like, this is causing medical issues for me. Can you please remove it? You put it in for free. The procedure to get it out is 10 times easier. Like I had to pay hundred dollars to get it out. I was about to do it my damn self. I was Googling, like, how do I get this thing out of me? Into it too, because I was, I was so uncertain about what, what they were going to do at this point. You know, I, I, it's, it costs $150 for them to tug on a string. Mm-hmm. Like it's the equivalent of taking out a tampon. Yeah. It's a little bit more. Getting it taken out is not nearly, nearly mm-hmm. as painful as getting it put in. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a lot of women are afraid to get it taken out because getting it put in is well, so painful. Also, like I've talked to a lot of women who their skin starts growing around it and then they can't get it out and or it lodges somewhere else and they have to get it surgically removed or i had a friend just post her copper iud that was rusting inside of her oh Um, like and then they're just so free to be like oh yeah we're just gonna plop this in you and like especially after having a baby but it's like do people not recognize like let's just do free vasectomies they're reversible i know and if they're not if they're not i'm sorry like birth control causes so much infertilization in women. So infertilization, you know, yeah. And it's also, it's in our water systems, like being flushed down the so many women. Then I'm saying it's like responding to my stories and no shame if this was you, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, they, they would say, I got so mad at my pills. So I flushed them down the toilet and it's like, no, yeah. Don't yeah. do that either. Yeah. Like, do not do that either because then it's in the water stream and they don't, they do not filter that out. Like, I'm curious what percentage of women are actually on birth control and how much would shift in our world from the patriarchal, patriarchal, I can never say that word, society that we live in um, to more of a feminine energy. It's just because they're subduing, I guess this can go rabbit hole a little bit, but they're like subduing our intuition and our our natural state of being any any sort of feeling that I had before which is it's uh you know I'm newly on my my breakthrough of spirituality and all of this Mm -hmm. kind of thing but anything that I felt before is that my connections are just a bazillion times strong I think you become more self you're able to become more self-aware of your own emotions and when you're reacting and what is coming up and why it's coming up and just by like tapping into your uterus area you know it's like 
yesterday I was having really, really bad anxiety. And because I've been working with my own body and myself and my intuition, I knew I needed to like sit in my car, breathe some lavender essential oil, hold like inhale, hold the breath for five, exhale, hold for five for like 10 minutes until I, and kept reminding myself, you are safe. You are loved. Like, this is okay. This is a temporary feeling. Cause I was like, in such a tizzy, I was like, do I need to go to the fucking hospital right now? And I was like, no, I have the tools to manage this myself. And because I feel like I'm, I'm really tapped in and off of birth control. I am able to do that. Whereas like, if I was on birth control, I would just be fucking freaking out. And in the, I think that the, the medical system would say, Oh, you're having, you're having panic attacks. You have a panic disorder, even anxiety disorder. Let's drug you up. And, and I think that honestly, in a, in my previous life that I keep Mm -hmm. saying, uh, I, I was more in agreement with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't meditate. I wouldn't, I thought it was bullshit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was stupid. I thought there's no, like, what? I'm just going to sit here for 10 minutes and feel better. Like yeah. that's, how, I mean, okay. If you try it, but I think that they, the, the medical system makes it out that, that meditating is bullshit and that we are crazy witches yeah. for even suggesting such a thing when you can just take a Xanax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's interesting because then they'll, they'll be like, you're like, oh, I'm taking Xanax every day. I'm tired. And they're like, oh, here's an Adderall. So then you're on this cocktail of fucking drugs that take years to get off of without side effects. Like if you cold turkey quit Xanax or any sort of anti-anxiety um, medication like that, you can have a seizure and die. And a girl alcohol, alcohol and Xanax are the only things that do that. Um, and, and like, I go to the doctor to get my antidepressants and she puts a screen in front of me and she goes, okay, just pick which one you want. And I'm just like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, they all work differently for different people. We don't really fully understand them. Let's just like pick which one. So in my fucked up mind, I picked the one that's going to make me not gain weight. That's known to make people lose weight. Cause it takes away your hunger. Little did I know that thing, like getting off of it, my tongue was like tingly and my lips were tingly. And they were like, I was on it for six months. It was supposed to take me four to get off. I was like, wait, it takes I saw you a couple of times while you were, while you were in yeah. different stages of that. And you were not normal Marla. Like you yeah. were I was not myself at all. It was bad. I think that so many people, like I feel in the back of my head, like like I said, obviously Nick is understanding it, an awesome partner, but in the back of my head, I just keep thinking, am I blaming all of my issues on this drug? You know what I mean? Like you can't, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a perspective that a lot of people have of like, yeah. oh, she is being dramatic and she doesn't want to own her own mis- feelings. You know? And so she's just going to blame this on the birth control. Yeah. Like, but you, Marla, like you, and yeah. so- no, but like, yes, as much as you can, not want to place blame on something else, which I don't because that was me and I was making those choices, you know, but, but like then test out the theory, get off right. of the thing, see how you off. feel off of it. And if it's different, then you know, that is the causation. I, it, it's just, it's mind blowing to me. And I think that, you know, again, with the, the original thing that I posted to start this whole conversation on my Instagram was like a, a 17 year old girl gets put on birth control, then starts feeling anxious gets put on an antidepressant and then has a miscarriage when she's 35 and Mm -hmm. like blah 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 all of this stuff but you you get on these these ssris or anything like that and you're going through hormonal changes or you're new to birth control or you're young or any of these things it's like it's been 10 years now Mm -hmm. like the stressors that were causing those things in the beginning 
are likely to be gone because yeah. it's, you know, you're in a totally different space in your life. Mm-hmm. So not that it's just as, as easy as like everyone stop taking their pills right now, but like consider, like consider giving yourself a break because if you need an anti-anxiety medicine in six months, you'll, you know, you, then you'll, you'll know that that like you can't level out and you can try it again. If, if that is the case. That is a hurdle to get over. Like you do have to put in the dedication and time and self-awareness of recognizing like, yes, when I get off this medication, it's going to suck. Like you, if I'm going to get off birth control, my periods are going to really suck for a couple of to- a couple of months until I regulate and my body balances. Or like, if I get off antidepressants, it's like, I'm going to have to really psychoanalyze myself and where I'm at and make sure I'm okay and talk to friends and have like a person you communicate with daily. Like there's, there's some safety precautions you need to take to get off of this stuff. Don't don't just like cold Turkey quit, like, but do your research. But, but if you, um, you know, yeah, keep a journal, write how you're, how you're feeling and how you're changing and your emotions and all of that. But if, um, I think that that's why the withdrawal symptoms and stuff are so bad Mm -hmm. because if you are a person that, struggles with anxiety and then you come off of your pills that is a stressful anxious situation Mm -hmm. that you find yourself in yeah it lasts for a while Mm -hmm. you know and so I think that people can easily just think oh no I still do have anxiety Mm -hmm. I need to go right back on that or my periods are a mess I need to go right back on the pill you don't give yourself enough time Mm -hmm. to wean off of it yeah so so I don't it's not for yeah, yeah, it's not for everyone to just get off. You know, it's it's you have to have the awareness around it. You have to do the research. You have to put the time into it. But if you but you have to give it enough time, I guess is what I'm saying to yeah. to out to what you you naturally are. If you've been on uh, something for five years, mm-hmm. just stop taking it. And tomorrow, expect that your anxiety is going to be gone. You know, give yeah. it. some sort of amount of time if it's five years give it five months you know something like that and with with yeah with antidepressants and um anti-anxiety medication it's like you have to work with your doctor to get off those medications it's like high high suicide rates like so that's a cautious one but birth control is like you can stop taking it it doesn't it's not effective anymore right well, but with the periods, I guess people have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> we are given the burden of having the children and having the periods. So we're strong enough to deal with them, even if they suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. We're all fired up about this shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we're approaching the hour mark. Is there any like last thing you want to say? Or we can, you can, I kind of want to hear your Instagram or, um, you know, where to find you and stuff like that. Um, I think the the only last thing that I want to say is uh, that it's important to talk to everyone in your life about this. Like I was at my, my parents' house yesterday and I was talking to my mom and my brother at the same time about this. And, you know, like I've definitely never done that before. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that my brother's a little uncomfortable that I do, but at the same time, two of his ex-girlfriends are responding to my thing and saying, you know, I was crazy and I stopped taking these pills and I feel better now. Mm -hmm. Things like that. So it's like every man in your life, every woman in your life should hear your experience with Mm -hmm. these things. And Exactly. And the more we talk about it, the more it's normalized, the more you feel valid within your own feelings and the more we can fucking get together to change the shit system. My, my, 
not not to throw shade at my brother, but who's going to tell him that? And then, you know, somebody in his life is going to be on birth control and acting crazy and he's not going to make that connection. Yeah. Well, he's going to think, oh God, she's just crazy, which is fair sometimes. But we got we to open these doors for everyone in our yeah. life. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Oh, yes. I love you so much. I'm so happy you've been fired up about this. Like I said, I was going to do this podcast last weekend and I'm glad it like was divine timing to wait and just touch base on our experience and everything. But I love you. And tell tell us where you can find your artwork, all your beautiful stuff. I'm Vibrant Ellie on everything. That's my handle on Instagram and my website is VibrantEllie.com. So check out my fun colors and shapes. <laughs> I love it so much. It's it's like it's like so fun to watch you progress too from like the first like because you could you totally created your own style, which I think you need to do as an artist. But um, to see like the first painting into like now and how it's progressing is just really really cool. Yeah. But I love you so much. And thank you for talking with me about this. Um, I'm open to talking to my Instagram is underscore Marmo. Um, if you have any questions about this, like I, I like this is new, pretty new knowledge for me. It's like it's adding up from like past reflections of thoughts of like how I was and what was going on. Um, but if this is all, you know, this is new information for a lot of people. And um, Ali has a lot of information, too. So if you want to reach out to her, she's been really diving in and researching all of these things and finding all this alternative way to um, track things and be better for yourself and more in tune with yourself. So um, yeah, we're both open for like the sliding into the DMs. (laughs) But I love you so much. Um, And thank you all for tuning in. I know it's been a little bit, um, but yeah, I'm over here where it's first day of spring and things are only going to get more fucking fiery. We're in Aries, which I'm rising and moon sign Aries. And Woo! It's a good day to set intentions. <laughs> Love you.